with a voice of triumph. Oh, 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 oh clap your hands, all ye Oh, keep it. 
people With the voice of triumph, with the voice of triumph, with the voice of triumph, oh, with the voice of triumph, oh. Wonderful God, wonderful Wake God, us, oh God in this Holy Spirit, Lord. hear us, God, this night. Call upon your name. Hallelujah. Everybody said, God bless the offering. God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank Be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. 
Lord, give us strength. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. God, we're giving praise to your name, Jesus. Oh, God, what great it is to worship you, dear God. What great it is to lift up your holy name tonight, Jesus. God, I love you. I need you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's give the Lord a hand cap of praise tonight. Feels good in God's house tonight. We worship him. I was just thinking as I sat over there, you know, the, what was the norm for me on a Sunday night before I came to the church? What was the norm? And I began to think of the things that I did. You know, being young, the norm on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, play some football, run around, get all sweaty, come home, watch some television. That was the norm. That's what I did. That's the norm. But thank God that this is the norm now, that coming to church is the norm. Think about it. Think about your life before the church and what you did on a Sunday night. Think about it. Take a, th- a second and think about the things that you did that was vanity and just retarded and just killing yourself. But now, where you are now, look where you are now in church Lifting your hands up to a holy God. Communicating with a mighty God who can answer your needs, that can heal your body, that can save your souls. I'm glad to be in church tonight. I'm glad to be worshiping my God and to feel what we feel. I'm glad that God saved me from the consequences of sin. Saved me from the consequences of things that I deserve. That he saved me from that. You know, people think about consequences. And, you know, there are severe consequences for doing it wrong. You read in the Old, in the Old Testament, way in the beginning, the book of Genesis, when the, when, the, when the serpent beguiled Eve and Eve went and talked to Adam and got all messed up. And there was great consequences because of that, because of their sin, because they didn't obey. Great consequences. The serpent was cursed. He had to crawl on his belly. And then you had uh, Eve, you know, pain and childbearing, have to obey her husband. Then Adam, the ground was cursed for his sake, and then he had to work. He had to eat bread by the sweat of his face. All these horrible consequences for doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. But I'm here, here to tell you tonight that they're just as sure there's consequences for doing it wrong. There are consequences for doing it right. Consequences for doing it right. I'm talking about great consequences for doing it right. Doing things right and holy. You, you can read. You can read. The Bible is full of it. Read about Abraham and Sarah, the great consequences for doing it right. As they left everything and God blessed their whole family. Great consequences for doing it right. You know, I want to do it right here today. I want to be right. I want to live holy. I want to live righteous before the great and mighty God. Praise God. Praise God. Consequences for doing it right. You know, you read about Cain and Abel. He did wrong in the sight of God, and he began to offer up these. Uh, Cain did offer up things that was not. God wasn't. That's not what it was meant. <laughs> People just do things and think that it's okay. It wasn't okay. And, and God said that I ain't respecting that. And then his brother came and offered up the first of, of his flock, and God offered that. The Bible said that his brother Cain got upset, and God said, why are you upset? He said, if you would just do right, you would be accepted. You know, consequences of doing right, if you just would do right, you will be accepted. I'm so glad that I'm in a place where I can do right and I can get great consequence, that I can reap the benefit of doing it right, of doing things the right way. Praise God. There's no reason. There's no reason for us to do it wrong. There's no reason for us to do it wrong. We have plenty of instructions here tonight on how to do it, and I want to do it right, that I might reap the benefits of doing right. Yes. Bible says, whatsoever man soweth, that will he reap. If you sow to this flesh, you're going to reap of this flesh in corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. The Bible said that the wages of sin is death. You can count on that. You sin, you will die. 
The Bible said the gift of God is eternal life. Let's, let's talk about the positive. Doing things right. Focusing on the positive. Come on. God has great things in his church and for his church. And I want every single one of them. I'm glad that my life consists of coming to church, worshiping God, that I'm not living that sorry old life no more. You know, we were involved with some sorry things. We were sorry people before we came to Christ. Sorry, miserable, miserable people doing things wrong. But thank God for his salvation. Thank God for his grace. Thank God we finally woke up and said, hey, if I do right, I will be accepted. Doing things right. Come on, let's do right. Let's live holy. Let's do things right that God may bless us because he wants to. I want everything God has for me tonight. I want everything. God has great things. He has great things for us. I want to concentrate. I want to focus. You know, a lot of people live there. You know, fear is good. Fear is good. Oh, if I do that, I'm going to get in trouble. Fear is good. But after a while, you know, it's better to live your life not in fear of what God is going to do, but in, in happiness of what he's going to do because you did it right. Not in fear that God is going to smack you down because you sinned, but live your life that, oh, my God, I've been praying. I've been reading my Bible. God is going to bless me. How, that's better to live our lives like that, that God is going to give me some good things. I'm talking about good consequences, good consequences of living in a church. I don't want to step out of this thing. I want to be right here. I'm so glad for the life that God gave me. I know you are, too. And I want to worship my God. I want to be excited. I want to be excited. The crazy things that I used to do, that's in the past. God changed me. They looked at that man after he was had so many devils, no one can control him. When God showed up, the Bible said that it was a whole change. The Bible said the man was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in the right mind. What a change. Consequences for doing it right. I'm talking about consequences for doing it. I'm so glad that we're doing things right, that we're going to reap the benefits of it, that God is going to bless his people. He's going to do great things because we're doing it right. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry about the hand of God coming out, smacking us, but we can worry about the hand of God blessing us, lifting us up when we need it. Let's continue to worship tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Oh, to his hand. You are 
got a hold to his head. God's unchanging head. Hold to his head. God's unchanging head. And then your own song may be heard. Oh, to God's unchanging head. You gotta keep holding. Gotta keep holding. You gotta keep holding. You gotta keep holding. Through the storm and the rain, through sickness and pain, you gotta keep holding. Gotta keep holding. Let's love him a minute here. Oh, Lord, God, you are holy. And, God, you are great and mighty. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Holy and wondrous Savior. Holy and wondrous Savior. Thank you, dear God. We have a Bible tonight just before the book of Revelation. First John. First John. Chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for each and every one that's here tonight. Thank you, dear God. Wonderful King of kings and Lord of lords. 1 John, chapter 4, and verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. Well, maybe there's a different way to ex explain the phrase, these are trying times in which we live. Well, for the church, definitely trying times in the sense of testing times. It's time to, for us to really exercise a lot of discernment. And discerning of spirits is one of the gifts of the spirit. And we are living in a time when deception uh, has gone to new lows, if you please. And uh, we, we have some basic things that we have, have established in our lives and in our beliefs that help us to know whether something is of God or not. And uh, here the writer, you know, he's teaching to the church. He, uh, Jesus has birthed his church, and he sent it forth into all the world, and as the church began to reach out and convince people of the truth, 
showing them the, the apostles' doctrine, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and that people were being baptized in great numbers in the name of Jesus Christ, and people were being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I, I couldn't help but wonder, as Pastor Hopper gave that testimony of that man, imagine somebody then that I guess he comprehends perfectly and clearly how the Creator created everything. That must be easy for him, snap. But yet he, he can't quite figure out if God could give a, a bird the ability to sing. And, you know, communication in the animal kingdom among dumb animals, among beasts of the field. And how that uh, from Genesis 11, the cradle of civilization was birthed and people went forth with all kinds of different languages in all different parts of the earth and no longer tried to dwell in one place. And how that migration set in. and Not only were there languages, but even the splitting of languages to become dialects. And uh, many, many such things. All the, what's sometimes called the wonders of the world and things that people have been amazed at and have designated these things as such. And yet, here we have an eternal God that simply wants to demonstrate that something that nobody else could tame, that he could do it. Well, who better than to be able to do it than God who created everything? <laughs> and God to be able to show his ability to absolutely control a situation. I read in the Bible before service how that uh, in the book of Ezra, how that God turned the heart of a certain king. And this king had been an enemy, and now God has turned his heart, and he's become a supporter. He was somebody that was against, somebody that was taking a, a not-so-good stance about a lot of things. And um, now he's had a change of heart for the good. And he began to be to help. You know, it's, we're a whole lot better when we're, we're at our best when we're helping. We're at our best when we're in, in cooperative mode and we're cooperating with God and his church and his program. And, you know, you know it doesn't take a whole lot of discernment when you get down to it to uh, whether or not somebody's showing a good spirit, a cooperative spirit, or whether somebody is is being indifferent and contrary and surly, you know? It, it really doesn't take a whole lot of discernment. It takes more discernment when somebody is putting on a front and when they're acting a certain way, and acting maybe is the key word there, and, uh, and all the while they're, they're not being true about who they are and what's in their heart, what their intentions are. You know, God's very clear, really, in his word about what his intentions are. And uh, he does things to the intent that we would be saved, that we would spend all of eternity with him, that we would be bone of his bone, and that would be, we would be his children. We would be his sons and his daughters, and we would call him God and Father, and that he would look at us and say, 
these are my people, these are my children, and that he would, he would be there for us in times of need and trouble, and he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that, in other words, God has our best interests at heart. And I, I hope that we don't give off to God that the more he loves us, the less he be loved. I hope that the more he shows love to us, the more that we reciprocate. The more that we lift up our hearts with our hands, as the book of Lamentation said, we're lifting up our heart with our hands, and we're offering praise, and we're offering worship, and that in doing it, he is trying, he is testing, uh, Lamentations 340, he is trying our spirits. He's testing us. He wants to see where we're at. He wants to prove out. Not so much to himself, I would think, but to ourselves, how we're doing. A little examination of ourselves and uh, how am I doing? Am I, am I in my cooperative mode? Am I, am I in my going forward mode? Am I in a worshipful mode? Am I in a praise mode? You know, am I in a, am I in a, in a mode that I'm on fire for God? I'm excited about God. And that I'm, I'm wanting to defeat the forces of darkness. And I'm wanting to see the, the body of Christ stand up and go forward and convert lost and dying humanity all around us. And everybody said amen. It should not be too difficult. Really, I talked to a man <clears throat> on the phone. And uh, he was trying to convince me to do a certain thing. And, and I told him I wasn't going to do that. And, uh, you know, he tried to use the religious card on me. And, you know, he said, well, you know, why don't you just be like Jesus? And I said, and what do you mean by that? And he basically said, just lay down and take it. Just let them roll over me. And uh, that's really not my take on Jesus when you get down to it. But um, <clears throat> I told him, I said, well, it's pretty easy to see that you don't have him. He got mad at me on the phone, and he said, how can you say that? And I said, well, I've asked you several pointed questions, and they were trying questions. They were testing questions, and you didn't give the right answers. You gave the wrong answers, and you, in so doing, you proved out that, as the writer said here, not, I'm not to believe every spirit. Just because somebody says it doesn't mean I ought to believe it. It, it, it sets it up for a test. It sets it up for a trial. I've got to find out if, if this person means business because I've got to find out if we've got truth here, if, we're, if there's something deeper than superficial. I've got to find out if this thing's gotten any root to it and if it's down deep enough that it's drawing the water of life and that it's producing the fruit of, of eternal life. And everybody said amen because, you know, my soul is at stake here. I can't afford to be deceived. I've only got one soul here. And uh, I don't want to be like that guy that kicked back and was fooled by that spirit that told him, you know, you're, the, you're a big dog now. You, 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 this, this, what you got going is little. You could have something really big now. Boy, he kicked back and he put his hands behind his head and he thought, man, yeah, I could do that. And he started making all kinds of carnal plans, pleasing to the flesh going to impress people all around him. 
been said that sometimes people are spending money they don't have to buy things that they don't need to impress people that they don't know. And uh, you might want to think about that because, you know, Christmas is coming, and some people are going to go out and just spend themselves into a deep hole over things that are won't even last six months, much less a year. And all the toys you'll buy, they'll break. And, uh, you know, so many different things that will just really be a waste. And that's how it was when the Lord looked at this individual. And uh, I don't want to be on the receiving end of, thou fool! Whew, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. I don't want God to wake me up in the middle of the night and I sit up straight and hear that echoing in my ears. Now, fool, this night thy soul is required of thee. And then what's going to happen to all your big plans? You know, what's going to happen? Not going to matter? Not at all. Not at all. And uh, let's be involved with things that are going to matter. Let's be involved with things that are going to count. Let's be testing, sniffing the air, if you please. Let's be testing. Let's be trying. Let's be finding out if what we're feeling ourselves getting drawn to, whether or not that's of God, whether or not that's going to be spiritually beneficial to us, if that's going to make us a partaker of the benefits. And I'm telling you, God's benefits are out of this world. Didn't he say it to those individuals that, you know, they tried to be so smart and catch him in his words? They were listening not because they were hungry and thirsty and, and one of the things of God, but they were trying to catch him. They were trying to catch him. They were trying to twist everything. You take something out here and replace it with something there and put heads and tails together and just make a mess out of everything, and that's what they were doing. And they began to bring to him what they thought was a very difficult question. And, uh, you know, but Jesus was discerning what was behind them even asking the question. And they brought up about this woman that, you know, her husband died, and according to the word of God, brother had to come in and take things up and support and, and help that the brother's name didn't die out. And so... Uh, Trouble was, a second brother died, and she outlived him, and she outlived three, four, five, you know, however many. And uh, so their big question was, whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And Jesus said, basically, you know, fell version, you guys are a bunch of dummies. You're just you're so natural and so carnal. You're not thinking right at all. You're making all kinds of mistakes here. And he began to, he was kind enough, actually, to teach them a Bible lesson. And sometimes you, you, you have to tell yourself, what's the point? Why am I casting the pearls before the swine? They're just going to trample them underfoot. That some people don't want truth, church family. Some people don't want what is right and of God. They want what their flesh wants. It's fleshly things that are dictating their decisions and their steps and their direction and their attitude. It's not, you know, here, here came three million people out of Egypt 
and God shows a high and a mighty arm. He uses this man of God to be highly demonstrative. And, and he doesn't come with words of, of man's wisdom, but he comes in the power and the demonstration of God's eternal spirit. And uh, they come out. And finally, after a rather long and arduous journey, they get to Canaan land. And uh, the river is there, the River Jordan. Time to go across that river. You've got to follow the leadership. You've got to follow the priesthood. You can cross over and go into Canaan land. And, uh, but there were those that God said to Moses, choose you out a leader of each tribe. Send those 12 spies over and let them check out the land. Come back and give you a good report. Well, 10 of them came back with a bad report. 10 of them didn't have the, the strength and the oomph and the backbone and the guts to get the job done. They didn't have the desire for the spiritual things because they'd already made up in their mind, I'm going back. Now, nobody ever says that and verbalizes that, but that's what it boiled down to. That's what the discernment of it was, that they were going to go back. They'd already appointed a captain. They already had them a leader. And what were they heading back to? They were heading back to Egypt. They were heading back to the world. They were heading back to sin. Only thing is the devil promising them they're going to go get that, but they never got there. They spent 40 years because God's in control. And God said your punishment, your judgment is you're going to wander in circles in the desert, the wilderness of sin, for 40 years until you die. And we'll raise up the next generation. That's what took place, and that's why Moses was used to give us the book of Deuteronomy or the second law, or giving us the law the second time. And so it's important to discern the spirit of a thing. It's important. Where is this going? Where is this leading to? Is this, is this going to be in any way spiritual and beneficial to me and to my family? I need to... I need to discern this. I need to put this, my flesh, under subjection. And I need to get a clear signal here in the spirit. I don't want to hear thou fool. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear I've, I've made the mistake of eternity. Not at all. I don't want to wind up looking up and wishing that I could go there when I had such a great opportunity. And I turned away from it. I disdained it. I looked down on it. Somehow or another, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't properly focus. You know, this the Bible uses the word keep and means to guard and protect. And, and one place it said we are kept. It's just another tense of the same word in English. Uh, by the power of God unto salvation. And that I'm saying to you that we're playing for keeps. <laughs> this, this is no joke. This is no game. This is no, you know, little silly childish thing. This is for real. This is for keeps. This is for eternity in one place, one location, one destination, or another. The world and their religiousness they have come up with, well, there's another place called, you know, purgatory. And you go there for a little while, and, and uh, after you stay there an, a little while, and there's people back here praying for you, 
they pray you out of that horrible place. You know, that's just plain old hogwash. That's not just not in the Bible. You better discern that spirit. You better discern. You know, somebody actually asked my pastor, do you think that Ananias and Sapphira, that they were really lost? That I mean, you don't think maybe that they could have repented? I never read anything like that in the Bible. I didn't read that at all. I read where they fell down dead with lies on their lips. They didn't just lie to the apostles and to the church, but they were lying to the Holy Ghost. They fell. He fell down dead first. The young men grabbed him up and carried him out. I, I don't know how they did it in those days. I guess you could dig a hole and throw somebody in and cover it up. I don't think you can do that anymore. And uh, too many too many laws and regulations built around the funeral business, right? And uh, and the next thing you know, here comes the wife, and she's given her opportunity, and she but she was already in agreement with him and not knowing what was done. Asked the question, she answered the same way, told the same lies, and suffered the same as was said tonight, consequence. And she fell down dead. And, man, those guys' feet were still dirty and muddy from burying the, the husband. Now they had to go back out and, and take care of her. Terrible consequences. Never read where they had even had any opportunity, if you please, to say, I'm sorry, what a stupid mistake. Why did I do that? All that was all too late. All too late. So let's make the most of our opportunity now. Let's not believe everything that's floating around. Let's not just believe everything that people say, you know, and bring to you into your ears. Let's show a little more maturity. Let's show a little more discernment. Let's show a little more care and concern for our souls and for the souls of our children and family and those that we affect every day. Let's, let's realize that we're living in a time not just of the spirit of Antichrist, but in the very soon appearing of the Antichrist, who with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, brother, he's going to turn it up. He's even, gonna, he's even going to be able to produce miracle-like things to deceive the hearts of the simple. You have no reason to be simple. You've got too much spiritual education. You've been given too much good input. There's been, been good, strong meat that's been set on the table and on the plate before you. And you've been told to eat it up as the angel was given the book. And he said, you take it, you eat it, eat the whole book. Get this, get this in your heart. Get this in your mind. And where you can discern between right and wrong and bitter and sweet, and righteous and unrighteous, and so on and so forth. And that, I don't have anything to glory in about me. What it, what it say, you know, let, don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. You know, don't let the mighty man glory in his might. You know, don't let the rich man glory in his riches. But if you're going to glory, you glory in the Lord. You give the praise to the Lord. 
Let's stand together, shall we? What a great God we serve. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Yes, let's love Him. Let's praise Him. Let's bless and magnify the name that's above every name. The name that you know. That name is Jesus Christ. That name is Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I give you praise. Let me put every spirit to the test, oh, God. Because I want to make it. I want to make it, Lord. I want to spend all of eternity with you. Come on, let's worship him. How great is our God. Don't let it be that the more we love you, the less you love us. How great let's realize we're on the same side here. Don't let an enemy drive a wedge. And only an enemy would do that. Oh, come on now. How great is our God. Oh, how great is our God. How great. How great. How great. How great is our God. Oh, I love you, Lord. Come on now. 